Good evening, John. I just finished up listening to the Hunting Dog podcast episode that you were on. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I had a question, though, and I was hoping you wouldn't mind giving your thoughts. I have a three-year-old Malinois German Shepherd. He's a game recovery tracking trailing dog. We get called out when hunters can't find their large game, white-tailed deer mostly, to try to help them find it or determine it wasn't fatally wounded. He's doing well at his job and I'm working hard to become a better handler. However, my question is around the house. He's chilled out a lot at three years old. However, we have two young kids, four years old and six years old. He's very good with older kids and adults. However, he only tolerates younger kids. He doesn't actively go after kids. However, if there's any unwanted touching, for example, tail pulling, being jumped on or being pushed out of the way, he'll growl and nip. Luckily, never bad enough that he's caused any real injuries. However, I want to avoid that. He is crate trained, so I often put him in his crate while we have company with small children over. However, if you have any tips on managing a high drive dog that isn't great with kids, I'd love to hear them. Thanks, John. Regards, Alex. Uh, Alex is uh, somewhere in the States, Michigan, I think, but I can't remember now. Well, there's a lot of little things to consider here. Um, and I'm going to kind of start off as a devil's advocate here um, and say, okay, so the, the, uh, actually I'm delighted that you're uh, doing that uh, game retrieval uh, work with him. Uh, I actually attended a seminar here in um, my neck of the woods over the summer on blood tracking. And um, uh it's, 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 it's a fascinating activity. I actually, I'm, I'm trying to get more of my clients involved in it, even if they're not hunters. It's a very useful uh, thing for a dog to learn and gives them something to do other than you know, walk around the neighborhood and smell the bushes. So uh, part of the problem here is, of course, you've got a Malinois cross with a German Shepherd. Um, yeah, I, I, thanks for sending the picture. He, he looks like he looks German Shepherd, but uh, that Malinois, is, Malinois, if people who don't know, is kind of like a German Shepherd with a crack problem. Um, they are definitely high drive dogs and difficult to live with. Not impossible, it's just they're difficult to live with because they've got so much drive and they want to be doing things all the time. You say yours, your, your, your fella, he's, he's settling down and that's good, but you've found his Achilles heel with his children, children around a certain age group. And uh, so the, the devil's advocate part here is to say, to, to look at this dog as a unit in your life, he is a very small percentage of that is the, the game recovery dog. Um, it's not like something he's doing, he's going to work with you for eight hours every day and doing that and you know, it's either actively doing search work or training to do search search work. So his real job is to be a family dog because that's what he's around your family the most. And so that's the way I kind of want to look at this. Um, uh, the uh, I think he'd be a lot worse if he weren't doing the other, but I want to look at it for the perspective because as much as I love dogs, I love kids more and w that's how I want to prioritize how, moving forward here. So. Um, there is a, an imprint period in a dog's life that I wish breeders would embrace this so that we didn't have these problems. But we know that children behave differently according to their age of physical development. 
I have on my list of ways that I want to expose young dogs, puppies, from three to 12 weeks of age, as far as the human segment of the population. Some of those categories are infants, children who cannot move, children who can crawl but not walk, children who can walk but unsteadily, and eight-year-old boys. Uh, then I also have senior citizens with walkers, people with uh, canes or uh, crutches. Uh, uh, there's different ways humans behave and move. And if you're looking for a stable dog in your life for 10 to 15 years, we know that if you expose them to those things in a positive and or neutral way, enough from three to 12 weeks of age, we don't have this problem. So what I'm figuring here is, is you've got um, two young kids around that age that he wasn't exposed to. And once they hit a certain point, if, if he's as good, if you say he's good with older kids and adults, he'll be good with them. But that doesn't mean you're not going to have visitors with kids that, that age. So what, how do you navigate the waters uh, uh, until your kids develop physically? Well, you know, part of the nonsense that is the dog world, uh, it would be, this would be a, um, somebody responding to your, your inquiry saying, well, you know, man, you, you got to teach your kids how to behave around dogs, Alex. I mean, that's a responsible thing to do. Now you're going to end up having a dog get into trouble here because you didn't do the right thing as a, a father or a mother or whatever. I don't believe in that nonsense. Uh, the last thing in the world that's going to happen is that your two young children, four years old and six years old, are going to stop being four and six. Yes, of course, as a responsible parent, we start teaching them how to behave around uh, um, uh, dogs, but it's a learned skill and it takes a while. Their own, they're, they're struggling day to day with their own suck it up muscles using their indoor voices. How long does that take to get the thing? And, you know, there's only so much of moms and dads left over at the end of the day. You, you're going to make, there's going to be openings and opportunities for mistakes. So now you have to start kind of doing risk assessment go, well, because um, he's, it's not like he's vicious. He sounds like he's just warning the kids at this point and doing his best like he would young puppies. And older dogs, even grumpy ones, will typically cut puppies a little more slack, giving them the sorts of warnings when they've had enough that your, your fella's doing. But again, these are not puppies. These are your children, and we don't want that at all. Uh, we'd rather have him, the kids, fall on him and then him look at you and go, could I bite him now? <laughs> no, go to your crate or come on over here. Uh, or, or better yet, avoiding situations. I just don't know how practical that's going to be because I can give you, uh, I'm going to give you a, a few tips here. But the fact is, um, you're, a young, you're a young man uh, with a young family and uh, um, there's only so much you left over at the end of the day. So you kind of got to look at this and go, well, you know what, I love this dog, but I'm a dad first. And that's my, my, the responsibility that I have towards my, my Malinois Shepherd cross doesn't absolve me of my responsibility to my children or some other children. So you got to decide how risky, how bad can this be? If you were writing to me, 
to find out, well, is there a cure? There isn't. There really, it, 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 this is not something that, uh, I'm sure you will find a dog trainer who will tell you, oh yes, all you gotta do is make sure to have the kids give the dog a treat and that sort of thing. Uh, it, trust me, it's not, that, that that's gonna mask uh, 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 an outcome here. What we want to do is prepare for worst case scenario. So, um, uh, where's my list here? Just head, bear with me. Okay. 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 So, and you got it. A, a tip I mentioned this. Even if your kids behave, even if you got it nailed down, they understand they can't. They got to stop running past the dog because uh, they might trip because they're little and little kids trip that sort of thing. Uh, their friends are not going to uh, have that heightened awareness and multiple reminders that you were. So what we're trying to do is more. Uh, prepare your dog on how to behave in those instances and avoid the number of times that might occur. So first thing I would do is, is make a list of everything that triggers him uh, around the kids. And ideally, what triggers tension in him, not action in him, because the tension leads to the action once it becomes too much. Then I would start, as of today, leaving his leash on him in the house. You always want to be able to get to him before he gets to the kids. To keep in mind that you've got a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and the, I mean, a good part of the reason that they're still on this planet is because you're faster than they are, and you're stronger, and you're more agile, and you use it all the time. And with a dog, if you're going to teach them, the rhyme I always teach clients is if they can't be caught, they can't be taught. So I'd put a lead on him in the house to make sure that I could get to him before he could get to the kids. Or I could more quickly interrupt something before it escalates. So the leash on uh, can, be a, um, can be a good safety. If you go, I'm so busy doing A, I don't care how long the leash is, um, I, I still might slip up, John, then fine, he should be in a crate. If I had a dog like this, who was good most of the time, so long as I was there to supervise and you know gear, uh, gauge the energy levels in the room, um, I'd have a crate in my kitchen, in my bedroom, in my office, in my living room, because I, I don't want to isolate him from the family and start creating other behavior problems develop because now he's separated from um, uh, his, his pack, in, in essence. But I don't mind him, like if I was going to do some playing with the kids, you want to wrestle with the kids and stuff, then you'd go, all right, get in your crate. There you go. Good. And close the door. But he's with you. He's not locked up in the garage or sent outside sort of thing. It's just, uh, it's a tool, like a playpen and a crib with kids. We don't need those things. We don't need baby gates. But by God, if you've got them and you use them in a timely manner and intelligently, they can um, reduce a whole list of problems in, in child rearing. So that would be a, 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 another thing. The, uh, the two, I, I, I would start, I, I, I'm kind of curious to see, you know, how, how well he works with you um, as far as in the house. Um, does he have uh, like designated go areas? If he's in the kitchen, children are in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen. Does he know he's supposed to go to a mat and he's not supposed to move no matter what? The kids drop food or whatever, he's just supposed to do his job. Uh, does he have activity, uh, um, uh, a, a go to the mat position at a doorway where the kids are coming in and they're going out and they're excited, that sort of thing. Does he have 
a comprehension that, oh, every time we hit the stairs, indoors or outdoors, he's told to stay until um, you've gone up a little bit and then you tell him to come. And just you build that into the point where he knows that uh, until the kids have gone up, the kids have come down or you've come up or come thrown a ball down or thrown whatever, that he is supposed to do a job. Like getting him a lot more geared into understanding who's the teacher and who's the student inside of the house. Now these are fairly simple exercises that can be taught with a very low standard of uh, complexity. And you increase the complexity a little time as they go along. And I'm sure he can, he can do this. But the idea is having them experience being taught because it structures the relationship. And I know the kids are young, but I would think that after a month, he'll know that when you go into the kitchen, you say, go to your mat. He knows you're not asking him, you're telling him. And that he's not supposed to move until he hears the word come. Well, once he knows what to do, if you had two leashes and you gave the leash to one of the kids, and because after a month, the kids will have memorized everything that you're doing because they watched it. They're not participating, but they're watching it. And then, but you've got the second leash, so you're the kind of the back, your background, but your bodyguard background. And, and you, you, you'd say one of the kids, okay, tell him to go to his mat. Why? Because we're in the kitchen. Oh yeah, okay, go to your mat. And off he goes to his mat. Good boy, stay there. Good, all right. Okay, you drop your leash, go back and have your dinner. Uh, if, if we start putting the kids in a uh, context where they're doing some of the same things, sometimes don't, 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 don't uh, uh, relegate your, your kids' safety to depending on this, but sometimes it does start to transfer authority over. And the kid, the dog starts to see the kids as a little less like puppies and a little bit more like uh, loving authority figures. Your kids st still won't stop being kids there. Um, because he's a search dog, I would start getting the kids involved in uh, playing a game with him where he starts to search for every meal in his house. He's got to use his nose to do it. I, I can send you some instructions on how to do it if you want. You just have to write me and ask for them. But uh, uh, just like you, you could like literally just go out with the kids and have the kids um, fling his kibble in the in the snow or the grass and go it's Easter go find your eggs buddy and have a cup of coffee and the kids have a hot chocolate and have him work every day but under in a way that he, he, he he's powerfully uh, passionate about because dogs love to use their nose I don't want to interfere with his his gaming his game searching but I probably would start him off with searching for his dinner indoors uh, as, as, a, as per the instructions that I said that I can send. But in your case, I would start including some scent uh, along with the food and eventually I would extinguish the use of the food until he found the scent and then I would, uh, uh, or unless he's toy, uh, specifically rewarded for the search work. I need to learn a little bit more about what's going on. But anyway, um, I like to teach that in very slow, gradual steps. If that's done with the kids as well, again, he's looking to them for guidance and hints and when's it time to go, go find, uh, it, and it puts them in a little bit more of an authority um, uh, context in, in his eyes. But the biggest problem here is he was not 
imprinted jerseys, critical imprint period, which was three to 12 weeks of age with the right gamut of, of uh, behavior. Uh, and so, you know, eight-year-old boys bitten by more dogs than any other age group because they understand what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. They've got a high level of comprehension for it. But they can't stop being eight. And part of being eight is going, I wonder why you're not supposed to do that. And off they go. So you're just at the beginnings of that that sort of dangerous area. Literally eight-year-old boys are bitten by more dogs than any other age group. But that doesn't mean little girls aren't uh, uh, as well. So. You kind of got to look at a, a your over like if I had a family coming over visiting for the weekend, and they had little kids, uh, I'd likely board my dog for that weekend. I would take no chances. I'd go well. I got the crates and I got them on a leash. No, relax. Like don't take any chances. Um, don't set like if if he was not like a, partially a working dog that you were doing something passionate with him, um, I'd be leaning a lot more. Well, man. Um, this is a good dog with, a, with a, a serious flaw, living with a good person, with, great, with a great family. It's a bad match. Um, I, I'll tell you, I had a Belgian Shepherd Cross myself who was insane when I got him. And uh, um, I ended up finding him a home because he was exactly the same way. He, he was not fond of that erratic behavior of kids. Now, I trained him to behave around him, but I lived in an area where they were just everywhere. I could not leave my home and go to my truck and not encounter four or five kids in that age group and uh, have my dog constantly going, can I bite this one? Can I bite this one? Can I bite this one? Because you don't change the nature of your dog. Once you get past a certain point in their in the way that they, they, they develop, um, you don't change their nature. You, you have to teach them to exert their to self-control, their suck it up muscle. And I just looked at it and thought, you know what, this is gonna be a daily area of stress for this dog. And um, this is not like, he did need work when I got him and I did, complete that work with him and then I found him an appropriate home for now he still to the day he died had to be highly supervised around uh, children but it wasn't something where he was going to be uh, you know some kid just jumping on him out of nowhere which was the case in the neighborhood that I lived and I, I know I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't if he'd bitten a child I would have blamed myself not the child uh, because children cannot stop being children. So um, the high drive part of it, uh, he, he mentioned he settled, he settled down. So I don't know how much you're working him, but we, you do want to make sure that uh, you're, you're making sure his mind is highly, uh, highly drained from a stimulation perspective every day. And also he is from a cardiovascular stimulation because without that, he may be a little bit more on edge as well. So it's, those are easy words for me to, to say on a podcast, but I, I, I want to also add, I understand, Alex, there's only so much of you left over at the end of the day. That's why I'm saying, here's a bunch of tips, but here's the reality as I see it. You've got to look at it as, as a dad and go, you know what? 
I think I can manage this. You know what? I'm going to try some of these strategies John said. I'm going to do them for at least 30 days. I'm not going to miss a day. I'm going to be bang on. And I'm going to take a look and see, hey, you know what? We had a lot fewer problems with the kids and the dog, less conflict, less potential. Let's keep going here. But if we get to a point where we go, geez, I think this is escalating no matter what I'm doing, then that's why I had the little chat saying, he is a working uh, sporting dog, um, much less than he is a family pet. And if the family pet isn't flying, then uh, then you as a dad have got to look at it a little bit differently than uh, um, depending on how serious it is uh, between the kids. You say he's, he's, he's good. I just don't want to see it escalate um, uh, as they get a little bit older, a little more ad, uh, um, active, or it does with other children. Because again, you've got a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Uh, as they get older, they're going to be more and more social. There's going to be more and more kids coming over depending on what it, where, where you live. So uh, I just I want to have a, just quickly double-check my... Um, notes here um uh, though the hunting dog podcast you mentioned i was on um i'm going to put a link to that podcast it was about two hours i often put them in a crate while we have company with small children over yep and if necessary you can isolate them but don't we don't want him to get more stressed because every time a kid comes over he gets in his mind punished by being separated from the pack so if it's practical to have a, 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 a you know quality crate that you can get to any kid before they can get to the crate and have the crate nearby, that might help as, as well. So hopefully you found that helpful. Um, I wish I had a magic wand for this one because I'm delighted you're working them and having so much fun with that. Um, I, I really enjoyed the seminar that I went to on, on blood tracking and anybody listening to this that's uh, curious to learn more, let me know and I'll either do a podcast or send you some information uh, on it because it's a fun activity for a dog to learn how to do. If you find that any of the many free resources I provide companion dog owners via the Ask the Dog Guy YouTube channel or website have informed you, saved you time, and perhaps even saved you a little money, please buy me a coffee. Alternatively, you can also become a monthly sponsor, which will go a long way to spreading the word about science and common sense in the companion dog training world. You can find details in the notes. Many thanks.